You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to episode 33 of the Brilliant Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man that knows the legend, Aaron Riley. Uh, packed show for you this week, folks. Sorry we couldn't come to you last week. Uh, I was actually on a work trip, um, so Aaron graciously let me have the week off. Uh, fortunately for, for this podcast, though, Aaron and, and Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles got a win. Uh, fortunately for me as well, the Jets have lost two games since we last recorded, now 0-13 and on the way. Uh, to securing Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but first, before we get into today's topics, Aaron, how are you, my friend? I'd have to think you were riding high after Sunday's game. Of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than excited um, just to see a win. Even at 4-8-1, and one, it, it's always good to, to have some momentum going into the next week and, and get a dub when, when it seems like your team wasn't even in much of the games earlier in the season. So love to see it, and uh, hopefully we keep it going. Hey, it's it's the beauty of the NFL. It's a week-to-week league. But we'll get into the Eagles versus Saints. Uh, We'll also touch briefly, and I emphasize briefly because it was such a shit show, the Jets and Seahawks game. Uh, I do want to touch on a little bit also the Jets-Raiders game and just the miracle of them losing that game. I'll give you my reaction sort of where I was when I found out that they actually did lose that game. Uh, The firing of Greg Williams, uh, where the Jets and Eagles kind of shake out the rest of the season, I feel like every week. Uh, we record, we've been updating you, the listeners, on sort of where our teams stand. We'd love to do that again tonight uh, since both teams have three games left in the regular season. And then we're, uh, you know, for the Jets at least, on to the offseason, on to, to mock draft season, on to quarterback speculation, on to a head coaching search. So a lot more content coming up here, uh, definitely in the offseason for the Jets side of things. Eagles, I think a lot of our offseason content will be surrounded uh, you know, how can they build around Jalen Hurts? What do they do with Carson Wentz? What do they do with Doug Peterson? So uh, I'm very excited personally to get into that speculation. Uh, I think anytime Aaron and I can shoot the shit and discuss scenarios, uh, the better are we better are we are off are for this podcast. Uh, and as I fumble over my words, we'll, we'll now get into today's topics. And now for today's topics. All right, Aaron, uh, this is certainly your time to shine. Um, I do want to touch on first here, give you kind of your platform, give you your soapbox to talk about Jalen Hurts, the Eagles, uh, their triumphant win over Taysom Hill and the Saints. I do want to get into a little Taysom Hill talk as well, uh, kind of where that team stands without Drew Brees. A lot of people are saying, yes, Taysom Hill can be the guy moving forward. A lot of people are saying, no, he can't be. Maybe they should go to Jameis Winston. Uh, what are they going to do in the offseason with Drew Brees? Is he going to retire? Is he going to stay? 
Uh, but first, uh, give me give me your quick thoughts here on uh, how did Jalen Hurts look and, and sort of what can we expect from him and, and Dougie P moving forward? Yeah, so as to, uh, you know, pleasant surprise watching that game uh, mid-afternoon on, on the Sunday afternoon game. Um, you know, honestly, I think not not all the, the credit belongs to uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm, I'm going to put a good bit on the, uh, the defense as well. I mean, uh, coming in, Eagles defense has been, I would say, suspect. Um, not not terrible, honestly, with the like we discussed earlier in the season. I mean, the personnel is is atrocious, and and towards the end of that game, it was absolutely um, terrifying because uh, lost all three corners in that game at one point in the fourth quarter. We were playing guys that I've never heard their first or last name before, but um, <laughs> you know, I think the the play calling was better. Um, they did try to at least attempt to run the ball a good bit. Uh, Miles Sanders had eight yards of carry on average, so we'll take that any day of the week. Oh yeah. Um, I think you know a lot of people you know that I that I've you know kept up with as far as uh, Philadelphia fans and, and Philadelphia media that type of thing. Uh, they were they were talking about how it seemed like Doug Peterson for the first time all season, you know played to the strengths of, of the team, um, you know, as far as running the ball for one, um, you know, running the ball effectively and just kind of staying with the run. I mean, not not all the runs by Hertz were designed. Obviously, he, he got out of the pocket and, and ran the ball effectively uh, himself. But, um, you know, to get the running game going early on, I think was a big a big thing for, for momentum on that side of the ball and to keep Jalen Hurts, you know, calm and, and cool and collected throughout but you know like I said the defense played extremely well um Jalen Hurts you know played extremely extremely well for it being his first game I mean he was he was throwing dimes down the sideline he was throwing you know rolling out of the pocket dumping dumping balls to, to Dallas Goddard to um you know Rager a couple of times Greg Ward Alshon with the touchdown so um yeah um you know great team win uh Doug Peterson kind of touched on that after the game saying, you know, he, he wasn't going to, uh, I don't know if he was scared to hurt Wentz's feelings or he wouldn't really bring up the fact that Hurts had a great game. He just kind of said, you know, it's a great team win. It takes everybody on both sides of the ball. So, um, you know, obviously uh, coming in, they were three, eight and one um, Hurts steps in there against the number one ranked defense and finds a way to put 24 points on the board. Um, so, that being said, you know, I, I couldn't really ask for much more on, especially um, from Hertz, it being his first game. So uh, pretty proud of the, how the team played. And it's, it's amazing to see, I hate to say it a little bit, but it's amazing to see how well the team can play with a, a different guy, a quarterback. Yeah. It, it seemed, it seemed to me, I, I didn't really get to, get to catch this game, but just from what I read and heard and, and have seen. Uh, it sounds like it was a spark that this team has, has needed, honestly, this entire season. Uh, before we get to Dougie P and uh, sort of what he can do the rest of the season to maximize Hertz's ability before we get to sort of the rest of the guys on offense, uh, how, how awkward, uh, you know, is it for Carson Wentz, do you think? And like, if you're a fly on that on the wall in that locker room or you're, you know, a member of that team, like, simultaneously you kind of have to be happy for Jalen Hurts obviously he's your teammate too but you do have to feel for Carson Wentz uh, obviously a guy that has um, all the talent in the world every tool in the toolbox uh, 
every God-given ability um, I, I think he has under his arsenal. And, and we kind of talked about the same thing with Darnold and his regression. So uh, as, as a fan of the team, like, do you feel bad for, for Wentz at all? And like, how do you think that dynamic is in the locker room? Like, obviously anytime a team can get a win, you want to win, but at the same time, it, like, this is a guy you've gone to war with every day the past three years. This is a guy that was on the roster in the locker room when you won a Super Bowl. He's been there for the highs. He's certainly there for the lows now. Like, what is what do you think that dynamic is like with with some of those some of those guys who have been teammates with Wentz for the past three four years? Yeah, I think uh, I mean I can't imagine how awkward what that would be for uh, for like his teammates, especially after the game so like when they're you know when Doug Peterson's walking around talking about how good they played and then you know what's Wentz doing just sitting there with his head down like I don't know how that would you know as far as how that would go or or how that would feel for Wentz I mean you got to feel for him but at the same time it's a the way I look at it is it's it's a results driven league and if you can't get the job done like you kind of have to step out of that and uh, let somebody else shine and I hate to say it, but um, this isn't the first time somebody else has come in and and replaced Wentz and and done better. So, um, you know, I do feel for him on a personal level and and from competitions, you know, from from being a competitive person, I'm sure, you know, that's driving Wentz crazy. Um, You know, at the end of the day, it's not football isn't everything. But as far as, you know, I'm sure he wants to win just as bad as the next guy. Um, I don't know. It's. It's really tough. It, like I said, I mean, it's it's a results it's a results driven league. So if you can't get the hey, job done, you you got to figure it out. It's a it's a make or miss league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what, I that's know. what they say. That's what they say about the NBA. It's a make or miss league. It's it's I don't. It's like I said. I mean, we can beat that topic to death, but it's one of those things. You know, he he's been around this league now five years. Like. It, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta figure something out. You can't. I mean, at the very least, you gotta go like 500. I would say after giving, you know, giving a contract that that massive and and you know, basically the keys to the franchise. You can't come out and lay an egg like he has all season, and like you know, him him getting up on the podium weekend weekend and week out saying I gotta play better. I I take accountability. That that was getting really old for me just because you were seeing the same results week in and week out. I don't know if he tried to prepare differently at all, but for a 22 year old kid, you know, straight out of college to, to walk in there and, and light it up with the still no name receivers like they have. I mean, that's one of those things where yeah, he should have figured out a way, you know, this, this far into the season to, to be more effective, but you know, me being a, a decent or a reasonable human being, I do feel bad for him. Um, on a personal level and as we've talked about several times folks uh this quarterback drama or quarterback controversy if you will is not going away anytime soon unless uh howie roseman is somehow able to trade that contract um they can't cut him because it'll cost like 69 million i think it is against the cap if they do uh if they trade him fantastic i think if they do trade him they'll probably have to eat some of that some of that salary so Leading into the offseason, leading into next season, it's definitely going to be controversial in the locker room and, and definitely in the media. We all know that the Philly media loves a good story. They love good uh, clickbaity articles and headlines and shit like that to write. That's how they've, they've, made, their, um, they've made their bread, uh, if you will, 
as the kids <laughs> say, their bread and butter. I was looking for the phrase. I couldn't think of it. Uh, there it is. Over the, over, over the years in, in that market. But um, Dougie P, uh, let's talk about him for a second. Uh, and we were talking off air as Aaron and I always get into a bunch of topics off air and somehow forget to bring them up. Uh, during the actual show, um, but Dougie P, what what is what do you think in your mind does he have to do to a uh, save his job um, and, and continue to be able to coach this team league in next year and specifically with Hertz, like you mentioned him rolling out, getting outside the pocket, improvising, running the read option. Uh, do you want to see more of that since Hertz is obviously more of an athletic quarterback and? Um, obviously with the offensive line being banged up and has been banged up the entire year, does that need to continue uh, these last three games for him to be, for him to be successful? Yeah. So um, in order for, for Peterson to keep his job, I mean, I don't know what they can really do at this point in the season. I mean, they have, I think four games left from, from here on out. Um, you know, I, to win the division, I don't know, you know, Obviously, it's going to take the Giants losing. Um, honestly, the Washington football team looks really good the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to say they're, you know, Super Bowl bound by any means, but um, that team has drastically improved. I know the Eagles still have to play them one, one more time this season. So um, I think just the fact that if Jalen Hurts can look decent to uh, above average and, and the team is at least, you know, competitive in, in most of these games, I'm not going to say they – they, have, they can lose all four of these games. And Doug Peterson's safe. I would never go to that conclusion. But I think if they, they win one or two of these games, I, I would probably say two to be safe. And, you know, if Hurts looks good and the offense is clicking better, I think a lot of the the bad taste that is left in the owner's mouth, Jeffrey Lurie, I think is just the offense looking stale, the offense looking um, you know, pedestrian in, in most of these games. Um, so I think if they're in the game, if they can win at least, I would say 50% of the remaining games, I think that'll at least buy Doug Peterson one more year, uh, only because, I mean, he, he is the only Eagles coach in history to win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's something to be said for that. Um, whether he had most of the play calling decisions or, or not, that, that's, I don't think he did, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, I think just, you know, win, win at least two of the last four, be competitive in the last, in, in all the games, if you, you know, at, at best, uh, at least be close. And I, I think he'll be safe. If they would lose, you know, if they would lose out and they would get blown out in most of, let's just say, three of the four games, I don't think he's very safe for his job next season. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely fair. Uh, as it shakes out, the – Washington football team is leading the NFC East at six and seven. The Giants are in second place at five and eight. Then the Eagles are a half game back of the Giants at four, eight and one. Um, with three games left, do we think that the Eagles could catch uh, the Washington football team or the Giants? Or are we uh, sort of in the line that we want Hurts to look good, but we also want them to maybe drop a game or two to secure that top 10 pick and maybe you know, get an offensive lineman, maybe get a receiver, maybe help that offense a little bit leading into next year? Yeah, I've, I've kind of been split on that for a while. I mean, like I told you earlier, I think it would it would teach the team or teach at least Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, the, the higher-ups in the organization more if they would if they miss the playoffs completely. I'm kind of a, a fan of that idea only because I think they need some type of, you know, internal change-up and, and things like that. 
but I think, um, you know, I think they, they could catch uh, Washington. They could catch uh, the Giants. But honestly, right now, if I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm picking Washington to win the division only based upon how good their defense is playing. But I would not, I would not rule out the Giants, even though they just got stomped by the Cardinals. But uh, they just went to Seattle two weeks ago and, and pretty much laid a, laid a licking on that team. So I, it's really anybody's division. Um, but I, I don't really see the Eagles winning it, but I would not be shocked if they did only if, if Jalen Hurts can stay fire hot and, and if they can keep running the ball like they did this past week. Um, you know, they, they definitely have a chance. But if, I, if I'm, you know, if I'm betting on it, I'm going to say the, the Washington football team finds a way to win that division. I love it. Um, yeah, I've, side note, I have no idea how Alex Smith has continued uh, to win games like you just said. Defense has been keeping them in, but you got to feel good for a guy like Alex Smith. Um, 0-13, 0-13, 0-13, worst start, worst season in franchise history. Uh, I'm going to throw out a hypothetical to you in a minute, Aaron, about uh, how we stack up against the all-time 0-16 teams. But first, let me get into Sunday's game, and I want to touch on last Sunday's game as well, uh, since that was an all-time loss, and I apologize I couldn't touch on that. Um, when I was out last week, but nonetheless, here we go. Uh, we lost to the Seattle Seahawks 43. It was never close. Well, I guess it was close because the Jets are winning 3 nothing. Um, they missed a million field goals. Uh, Darnold looked terrible. Their kick return team uh, was terrible. Their special teams were awful as a whole. Uh, you know, after losing a close one to the Raiders, I think this is finally where we see a, a team that is dejected uh, that is down in their luck, that has lost all motivation, that has lost all respect for their coach, which is completely understandable. Honestly, when I was talking to Aaron off air, I expected this game, this clunker, this type of a game to come three or four weeks ago. But, you know, the fact that it's coming now isn't the worst thing in the world since I no longer have to sweat out a close loss. I no longer have to be stressed about the Jets' chances. I no longer have to check out another team's roster to see how the Jets stack up against them because – well, A, we played the Rams next week. That's a loss. After that, we play the Browns. That's a loss, just based on how they played against the Ravens on Monday Night Football, which we can talk about that game, which was fantastic. And then they play the Patriots week 17. I don't care if you, you even fucking put Bill Belichick out in quarterback. I don't think they're beating the Patriots at home, um, especially when the Patriots might be able to control their own destiny and might be able to fight for a wild card spot, depending on if they get uh, some, help, some help or not. Uh, this team – has been on the Trevor Lawrence trajectory for the last six to seven weeks. That has not changed. That will not change. Uh, and it shouldn't. Um, the only thing we should be focused on now is if the owner, Aaron, let, let me tell you, if the owner of the Jets, Christopher Johnson, is not selling his soul to find the next head coach of the New York Jets, and I find out that they are, like, not starting – the head coaching search process until after the season or after they fire Adam Gase, I might very well no longer be a Jets fan. I know I've said that on this podcast. I've said that several times to my father, who is a diehard Jets Jets fan, and we have shared the Jets' misery over the last 24 years of my life, over my entire existence. But if they are not uncovering every single nook and cranny and overturning every rock to find – the next competent head coach of the New York Jets, I will lose my freaking mind. Uh, it came out in the media last week uh, that they were thinking of 
reaching out to Bill Cower. Uh, Bill Cower has been coached since probably before Jesus Christ was born, so I don't know how that um, would turn out. Um, either way, I think it, uh, I personally would be an upgrade over Adam Gase. Um, I've said many times in this podcast, I love the, the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy. Um, and I mentioned it before, this offseason will be very key and will um, probably set the direction of the, of the franchise for the next five to ten years. Um, and it basically can go up or it can continue to go on a downward trajectory, not that we have that much further to go down. Uh, but nonetheless, we will have a lot of content surrounding the Jets head coaching search. I, I have to think that the Jets, um, you know, they haven't fired Adam Gase yet, obviously. And any casual fan would think if you haven't fired your coach after 13 straight losses, you're probably not going to fire until after the season. I personally think they might fire him after week 16 just to send a message to him. Um, or they might say, hey, fuck you. You suck. We're going to make you go in 16. I don't know. We'll kind of see how that shakes out. But. Like I said before, if they are not uncovering every single stone to find the next head coach of this football team, the next competent head coach of this football team, I will be very, very angry. Not that, I'm, not that you can't tell that I'm not already angry, but I'll be even more angry than I am currently. <laughs> that might have been the most passionate uh, speech from a Jets fan ever. So um, that being said, I mean, I don't know, you know, do you think they've already at least – reached out to, to some some people across the league or do you think you know this is going to be an all-out like you know start from from a certain day or from a certain month and, and conduct I mean I, I have to think you know if I let's just you know hypotheticals here if I'm the right. owner uh, I'm reaching out to people as soon as they go I, I say I mean what they they didn't have Adam Gase last season at all so um First season, I, I say like Owen, even Owen five, Owen six. I start thinking yeah. like you know this this guy isn't this this isn't it, um, this is not working. This is a waste of time, waste of my money, uh, to even pay this guy to to run my franchise into the ground in one season. So you know probably Owen five. I I probably say all right, I had enough of this guy. I'm at least starting the search. Um, I mean I think you got to look. I we we kind of got into you know how running quarterbacks have started to change the game and, and things like that we got off you know we got onto that off air but um you know I think you kind of have to think towards the future you can't like like kind of how you alluded to I mean Bill Cower hasn't coached in what like 15 years I would say 10 at yeah, least I, I think 10, it's almost 12. I think it's almost 15 years yeah so um I don't think you can really implement a guy that that hasn't been a part of of the newer age of uh, the NFL and, and how it's just a, a much faster paced game. It's a lot more passing than it, than it used to be. Um, you know, especially with those Steelers teams, if you remember, they were, they were running the ball a shit ton with right. uh, the bus, Willie Parker. I mean, they, they had, uh, that might've even been after Cower, but it was a lot of, it was a lot of old school, just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball down your throat and then, and then they'll throw over top of you. It's now it's just like most of the time you're throwing the ball, you're, you're, having people in motion, you're, you're, it, it's very fast paced. I think you got to go with somebody like, obviously you, you allude to the coach or the, uh, the offensive coordinator of the chiefs. I think obviously you can't go wrong with, with what they're doing now. I mean, he's, he's going to obviously would have to work with different personnel and not be as blessed to, to work with somebody, uh, you know, not like Patrick Mahomes who he has now, but 
you know, you got you to gotta go out and find a guy that's going to make the most of, of who you have. I mean, we were talking about the Dolphins off air, how, how much better they've gotten in, in just a matter of a season or two. Um, you know, we talked about the Titans, how much better they've gotten since they, they got a new head coach. I believe yeah. they got a new GM as well. So um, <clears throat> I think, like, like you allude to, I mean, they, the Jets, ever since – like Rex Ryan hasn't been there. They, they haven't been. And even, you know, we, we talked about that before where the last couple of seasons under him, they kind of fell apart and fell on their face a good bit too. So they have to, this time there's no option. If you're the Jets, you got to get this right. You got to at least remain competitive in in a division. Now that you got to worry about the bills, you got to worry about the dolphins. You got to, I mean, the Patriots are never forgotten about. I think they'll be back to, to at least decent football sooner than later just because Belichick's that type of guy. He's not going to accept what they're doing now for very long. Um, so, you know, that, that division all of a sudden has become pretty competitive, um, pretty good football going on in that division all the way around. So, yeah, they, they can't miss on this coach and, and this next hire, and, and they have to get that right. I agree 110% with you. Uh, if you look at the rest of the division, yes, the Bills are a good team. Yes, the Dolphins are a good team. They don't scare me. The division is ripe for the taking. If you look at, if you ask me if if the Patriots scared me at when when they were at the height of their dominance, like 2014, 15, and 16, yes, they struck absolute fear into me when when we would play that team. The Bills don't scare me. Yes, they're a good team. Yes, they're going to go to the playoffs. Yes, they're going to win the division for the first time. I think maybe our lifetimes, but they don't scare me. I think this division and how it shakes out for the next five to 10 years is ripe for the taking. If the Jets hire a competent, good head coach, pair him with Trevor Lawrence, pair him with another first round draft pick this year, two more first round draft picks next year, two second round picks this year, two second round picks next year. I think you talk about all the cap space in the world. They have over a hundred million dollars in cap space. They have a competent GM for once in my life. I think they are set up well for the future if they can just hit on this head coach. And in the offseason, we'll do an activity as a podcast where once we figure out all the head coaches who have been fired, once we figure out how many openings for jobs, for head coach jobs there are, we'll take a look at all of them. We'll take stock. We'll rank them one to whatever, see which one's more attractive than the rest of them. I do think, though, the Jets would have to be up there. Maybe if the Chargers fire their coach, since they already have a good GM, they have that structure, they have a quarterback. But after that, I'd probably have to think the Jets are probably a little bit more enticing than, you know, Detroit with an aging quarterback in a tough cap situation. Probably more enticing than a, than a, than a, than a Houston Texans, even though you do have the quarterback, but the rest of their roster is kind of shitty and they don't have many draft picks. It's probably better than a Jaguars team, because honestly, who wants to move to Jacksonville, Florida? That's a different oh. conversation for another day, but Shots. that activity, I do think the Jets will probably have to be near the top, but if you fuck up this higher, you are screwing the organization for the next five to ten years. You are screwing either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or whoever they decide to fucking be their quarterback next year. You are screwing Mekhi Beckton, your star left tackle. You're screwing Denzel Mims, your, your wide receiver, and you're screwing the rest of the fan base uh, for yet another time. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just looking at the next three games, like I said, we have the Rams this week, they'll get blown out again, probably even worse than the 40 to three score place your bets. Now I think the line 16 and a half, 
uh, <laughs> I would probably bet this at like 25 and a half, to be honest. Uh, then, then they play the Browns, which will get schlacked again. And then they play the Patriots to cap it off. So, Oh, and 16 is looking pretty good. I'm not going to jinx it. I'm not going to say we have the number <laughs> pick. Uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. It's looking pretty good just based off the rest of the schedule. Do what they have to do. Stay the course. Continue to tank. Uh, let Gase ride this into the ground. Fire his ass into next week, and then we'll fucking move on from this whole mess. So that's kind of where my head's at. Um, you know, unfortunately, JETS has stood for just on the season. Uh, for the last, I don't know, four or five years now. And then before that, obviously, um, with the break for Rex Ryan's couple good years there. But to me, if they can get this head coach right, I will help them. If they want, if they need help in finding a head coach, I will go around the country searching on my own dime for the next head coach. I will make house calls. I will, you know, cook a meal for them if they want me to. I will conduct an interview. I will help you. And I'm sure the rest of the fan base, fan base would as well, as long as we find it. I don't care if it's a college guy. I don't care if it's a coordinator. I don't even care if it's Bill Cowers. Anyone's got to be better than Adam Gase. So, uh, to me, that's you, you kind of need a guy that's going to galvanize the locker room, uh, like just like Dougie P did with you guys. So, I kind of want that sort of guy who's going to come in, be a CEO of the team, uh, and just you know provide a, a face of the franchise and someone we can all get behind for once. Yeah, I, I – if if like I said many times on this podcast, there's no I'm I'm willing to bet. I mean, I think maybe Gary V and you I I think you can out talk Gary V as far Gary as Jets football. I think I think Gary V likes the idea of owning the Jets and I think, you know, he definitely has a chance to. But um, you know, can he can he talk X's and O's and, and does he break the, the Jets um week to week struggles down as well as Daniel Kurtz I'm willing to bet my chips are on Daniel on that one um but you know hey maybe maybe it'll take Gary V buying the team for things to to fully turn around maybe they'll turn into like a dynasty mode at that point you know that that might just be crazy crazy hypotheticals but you know that guy does talk about buying the Jets quite a bit if uh if Gary V was the owner of the Jets my life would be a lot less stressful I'll tell you that much even if Bank, Gary Vee wanted to coach a team, I wouldn't give a shit. Banking on the guy. I, I'm willing to bet he would use analytics a lot. But uh, I, I think yeah. – I think, I mean, not to go off on a tangent on Gary Vee, just from like a, a market – like he would do like everything in his power. Like he's a guy that would go door-to-door trying to like convert Giants fans to be like, – I just know he would <laughs> he would lay his soul on the line for the team. And I, I can't say that about many people in the organization right now. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's, that guy definitely exuberates passion and, and, you know, that, that would be a good I love thing. The guy. I, think, I love it. I think maybe one day, um, you know, you might see that come true. Honestly, I, I think, you know, he might just speak that into existence only because he, he's just such a hustler, but you know, not to go off on a Gary V tangent or, or kiss Gary V's ass by any means, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, like like you said, I, you know, we'll, we'll leave the the Jets discussion I think here uh, for for this week. But yeah, I for your sake and, and for really the other than like I, I mean, I think back to like the Raiders. I think um, I mean, I guess Jacksonville is another team. Like the Jets are one of those teams. They they those fans deserve something to root for. The Browns this year. I mean, the Browns have been good, but other than this year, they've been absolute dog shit for a while. So. Um, you know, that's one of those franchises that needs a full turnaround and, and sooner the better. I mean, you, 
how how many more years can you cost uh you know the Jets fans of of just absolute like you know year in and year out of suffering that's I couldn't live I couldn't live with myself if I owned that team I'll, I'll say that it's the same thing for the New York Knicks they but it just seems like they don't give a shit if they win or lose or whatever happens <laughs> yes yes uh agreed yeah let's please please let's get off this topic before I blow a gasket um Moving on to other NFL topics, I know you wanted to touch on the Steelers. Uh, they dropped their first two games of the season, losing last week on Monday Night Football uh, to the aforementioned Washington football team, and then also losing this week on Sunday uh, to the Buffalo Bills. Um, is this a case of a team sort of playing? We can run through their, their schedule here uh, and who they've played this season, um, but is, is this a case of – just a team not really playing many many decent squads and then kind of running into a couple of buzzsaws or, you know, Big Ben, you know, obviously kind of get up there in age, the team kind of slowing down, getting into cold, hard winter, tough football games. Like, is, is this just a speed bump in the road for the Pittsburgh Steelers or is this like definitely cause for concern as they kind of continue their playoff push? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we kind of talked about their record being a little bit uh, misleading early on in the season, but um, I don't know. I, I look at it like I think the the Washington game, um, they kind of came out flat in that, in that contest. I mean, you look at it like uh, the, the Cowboys game they played, they didn't play too well in that game. That was quite a few weeks ago. I mean, you know, they're not going to fire on all cylinders every single week, but then um, that Ravens game they barely won against, you know, basically – RG3 from half the game or three quarters of the game, I should say. And then Trace McSorley. Your guy, um, Trace. Love the kid. Love the kid. But uh, just got injured too. I hate to say it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they weren't blown out in either of those games that they lost. But like like you kind of alluded to, I mean, they, they probably should have lost to the Titans if they would have kicked that field goal. Um, you know, that, that would have been the end of that game. Um, other than that, I mean, early on in the season, you look at it, they, they beat the Giants, they beat the Broncos, you know, shitbag teams. Um, they did blow out the Browns, which um, at that time the Browns were 4-2 and two, or, you know, 4-1 and one going into that game, and they, they single-handedly beat the, beat the crap out of them 38-7. to seven. I don't know. It, it's one of those things where um, I don't think, you know, we talked about this before, I don't think they can beat, like, the Chiefs. I don't think, you know, hell would have to freeze over they'd have to keep Mahomes under like at least I would say 24 points to win that even have a chance um I I think they're they are a good team I think they're very well coached on defense especially but um you know I don't see them as like a Super Bowl threat I think they're starting to you know run into a, a little bit of a wall I mean I think they'll win a playoff game I definitely don't think they'll be one and done but I don't see them going much, much further than that. I, I kind of would like to see it just because, um, I don't know, they're kind of an oddball team just because they haven't been in the playoff picture as far as like a, a real threat in the last couple of years. And I'm, I'm kind of tired of seeing the, the Chiefs dominate everybody, but I don't know if they really have a chance at, at eclipsing, you know, the Chiefs or, or getting to the Super Bowl or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, like you said at best, they're kind of hitting a wall uh, as they get to this point in their season. As the playoffs uh, standings uh, are currently, they're the number two seed. The Chiefs have surpassed them. They have one loss. The Pittsburgh Steelers have two losses. 
uh, in, in their in their, also within their division. Cleveland's the fifth seed in the AFC East playoffs, and Baltimore is the eighth seed. They are tied um, with Miami at eight and five. Uh, that is interesting because to me, if the Ravens sneak in there and get the seventh seed, they'd have to play Pittsburgh uh, in that first wild card weekend. I'd have to think that you know, despite the disparity in records and also place within the playoff rankings. I'd have to think that Baltimore would be favored in that game. I know it would be a game in Pittsburgh um, where it's very hard to win as the calendar changes um, to some colder weather. And then as we get into January, for sure, would be tough, a tougher place to win. But just the way the Ravens have been playing recently, obviously everyone, you know, for the most part's back from COVID. Uh, the Steelers are trending the other way. I'd have to think if, the, you know, as the Steelers stand 11-2, and two, the Ravens are 8-5, and five, if they can squeak in ahead, of the Dolphins, I'd have to think the Ravens, you know, for sure. I mean, they would for sure be my pick uh, to squeak out that win. I know, again, it's tough to beat Big Ben at home in a playoff game. But to me, just the way both teams are trending, uh, I'd probably have to go for, you know, and probably pick the Ravens in that one. Yeah, I mean, that that's one of those games I think no matter what, it's going to be close. Um, it has been, you know, both games this season have been close, even even when Lamar wasn't in there for, for the Ravens. So, um, you know, I definitely get where you're coming from. I, I think the Ravens would have a tremendous shot. I'm, I'm kind of, for some reason, like a Ravens hater. For some reason, I don't, really don't know why. I just, Me too. I think Me too. I'm just tired of Lamar Jackson. Like I, I don't know. I'm just tired of it. It's, it's, it's almost like how I'm getting with Mahomes. Like it's not oh. like I, I'm not like hating on the guy. I mean, I, I, I like seeing Mahomes play, but it's just like, I think the, the media kind of kills. It's one of those like. I know, I know Daniel will get this reference. Like if you ever turn on FM 97 and, and you listen to like <laughs> a, a song you really liked, yeah. the, they will, they will play it until you absolutely hate it and you never want to hear it again. So I think that's what happened with me with, with Lamar Jackson. It's just like Lamar, Lamar, Lamar day in and day out, every single, you know, TV show, every single podcast, radio show, what, what have you. So I think I'm kind of tired of that. Uh, that's just kind of a personal thing, but um, you know, for some reason, I, I always kind of pulled for the Steelers if the Eagles aren't in the picture. So, I don't know. I think that would be a hell of a game. I think that, you know, you bring up the Miami and, and the Ravens uh, battling for that last seed. I think Baltimore is a, a lot better of a team overall, like um, top to bottom. I think Baltimore is not, not as bad as their record would say. I think they just dropped a couple of games they shouldn't have. Um, so, yeah, going forward, especially as they, as they squeaked that game out last week, I do give them a chance to at least uh, make a dent in the playoff picture. I'm just looking. I'm just looking at these standings right now. How fucking good are the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, twelve and one. They like they have Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Edward Solaire. They have the best coach in the league. They have one of the best GMs in the league. How unfair is it, you know, for the Chiefs to have? That good of a team. And we were talking about this off air. Like, if Mahomes – in this game, you know, they played Miami on Sunday. Aaron can touch on a little bit more. He actually caught a few uh, of, of the of – the, a little bit of the action. Like, if they're not beating you with Mahomes, they're beating you on the ground. If they're not beating you on the ground or with Mahomes, they're beating you on defense. Like, to me, they, they just play the ultimate chess game. They beat you every which way. You know, if you plan to take out Mahomes, they'll, you know, put Tyree Kill and force him down your throat. If you take out Mahomes and Tyree Kill, they'll put – you know, Travis Kelsey down your throat. If they take it, all three guys, they'll throw, you know, Sammy Watkins and, and Miko Harbin at you, and they'll throw Edward Teller at you, and they'll throw Le'Veon Bell at you. It just, it just seems to me that this team comes at you in waves, and it's so, like, unfair that this team is so and, – and, like, 
they've constructed a roster like the correct way. I'm not saying they're like the Yankees and can buy their players just because they have a few good, you know, players to build around. They draft all their players and they draft very well. So I'm just talking out of a out of like a place of jealousy, I guess. But like to me, there's there is a zero percent chance this team does not win the Super Bowl this year. Ooh, wow. Zero percent chance they don't win the Super Bowl. I I don't know if I'm just like naive or I I I mean I was wrong. I, I did say they would kind of fall off and and I thought they would still obviously win the division, but I thought they'd lose like three or four games this year. I just thought you know they're the Super Bowl champs. Um, you know. More team, I think a lot of their games this year have been more competitive. I'll say that than than last season. Like they were just blowing people out of the water last year. I mean, even the Miami game this this past week, you look at the score, it, it was a very close game. Um, so I, I don't know as far as like to say they're, you know, hey, everybody has an opinion. I don't know if they're like my, no matter what, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. I think at times, like if you can rattle, that's really any quarterback, but if you can rattle Mahomes. I think you can perhaps have a chance. I think you can at least score score points on that defense. I don't think that defense is amazing by any means. Um, but, like, at the same time, you know, it's it's hard to argue with the fact they're 12-1. and one. Um, You know, Mahomes is Mahomes, is Mahomes and, and just the fact that, like you said, I mean, they have so many offensive weapons. It, it's almost like a, an entire Pro Bowl team, like, on offense at this point. So, um, you know, it's hard for me to say, like, definitively a team is going to knock them off, but I don't pick them, like, full, with full confidence they're going to win it all quite yet for some reason. Call me crazy, but. I'm going to call you crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think uh, to me, I, I just, yeah. I, and it's, it's probably me just jumping on, like, their bandwagon a little bit too much, I guess. And, like, obviously it's kind of an easy take since – they did win last year and you know they are 12 and 1 and you know they are winning these close games for sure but I think they're just winning in different ways which almost to me makes it like more impressive it's like when the Patriots you know had their dominant run they could beat you on the ground they could beat you in the air they could beat you with defense they could you know outsmart you with with the coaching staff they could just come at you in so many different ways and I'm starting to see like it's not like they're not relying on Mahomes to dominate. I mean, he threw three picks, I think, and they still, yeah. you know, drop 33 points, which is like insane. Obviously, giving up 27 to, you know, to attack of low and the Dolphins isn't ideal. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the column says W in it. And if you can continue to stack up wins in this league, I don't think there's any such thing as a bad win. Uh, to me, this game on Sunday, they play the Saints. Um, you know, I'm not sure if Drew Brees is coming back. I think he's still, like, dead or something or still in the hospital. Um, <laughs> Damn. I mean, dude, he broke, like, 12 ribs, which I didn't even think you had 12 ribs in your body. Hey, say what you want about Drew Brees, but that dude is, like, I don't know, man. Like, he's one of those people where, you know, he tore his rotator cuff. He came back. He broke ribs. I think, what, then he collapsed his lung, too? I, yeah, like, he did. I I. That guy, I mean, I, I can't not respect him. Like, there's there's people in the league where it's like, bro, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, a, a poor – like, okay, Jason Peters, he, he was, like, highly doubtful, I think. Of, or, no, he didn't even play due to a, a broken toe at one point. Like, come on, man. Like, if there's people coming back <laughs> from – if there's people playing quarterback position that went through a, a torn rotator cuff, which they say most people will never throw the same, 
um, like ever again. Like, I, I don't know. Just it, I, that's one of those people, man. Like he, he truly loves the game and he puts it out there every single, like when he can play, he, he's a tough son of a bitch. I'll say that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, I'm not arguing his toughness. I just like think he was like kind of a cheesy guy. I don't know. Do you, like, do you get that vibe with Rodgers at all, too? I, I, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 for sure. Are you talking about are you talking about toughness or like him as a per, like him being cheesy? Nah, che- yeah, just corny, cheesy. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah, I get I get the same vibe for sure. I think like it, all right. So if you if kind of a getting off topic and being stupid, but what what else is this podcast good for? Exactly. Um, like if I saw like Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers on the street, I think I think Drew Brees is gonna come up to me and, and shake my hand, probably give me an autograph, and, and Rogers probably be like, yeah, man, you're just like every other fan. Like, I, I think, I I think they it. both would tell you to fuck off, personally. Really? Yeah, I, see, I, I think, I think I they both would. That's, hey, you, you might not be wrong. Let, let me put it that way. I, I think, I think, they, I think they are like very similar people in that respect. I could I, be wrong. I could be absolutely wrong. I, I just, I, for, for, I mean, for Aaron Rodgers is for sure a prick. I know that. There I'm just go. I'm yeah. just speculating on Drew Brees. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is one of, is like a heartless person. Like I I could see him. He doesn't even talk like, to his family. <laughs> I th- I think like <laughs> some homeless guy could come up and like you know tell him a whole spiel, and and Aaron Rodgers would be in his Range Rover or whatever he decides to drive around with his you know hundreds of millions of dollars, but he would just be like whatever, and when and wouldn't even feel a slight like. Not even the the t- the smallest amount of guilt whatsoever. He'd sleep fine, just knowing that he's a rich asshole. I I, I just I don't know, man. I I'm, I like watching him play, but I definitely don't like. I I watched an interview with him on on Pat McAfee's show the other day, and I I just got the vibe like this guy probably like kisses himself in the mirror or something to that extent. He's like a Verlander. He's like Verlander of of football. That's a great. That's a great comparison. I, yeah, I mean, talking about the homeless person, if he ever found out what the homeless person was a Vikings fan, he'd probably run him over to his car. Like, I, <laughs> I, I think he just doesn't give a shit about anybody besides himself. And like, people, I mean, you know, after they picked Jordan Love, he's, I mean, yeah, that was a bad pick, but like, he's out there like basically listing off guys that his GM should have picked, like. How about you shut the fuck up and, like, get ready for – I mean, I know he's having an unbelievable season and, like, he's kind of putting, you know, the money where his mouth is, so to speak, and, you know, he's he's living up to what he said he was going to do. But, like, why don't you just shut up and, and maybe, like, mentor the kid a little bit since, like, you know, you kind of know how that how that is with, you know, coming into a situation with an already established, like, legend on the team. To me, I just think, like – he says like the wrong shit at, at the absolute wrong time. And it just makes him come off as being a complete asshole. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think it maybe if he had more than one Super Bowl on his resume that, you know, that might deter the, the owners from, from select. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, he, he is an agent quarterback, but. You know, a, yeah. I mean, if, if you, you know, uh, when, when did they win? Like 2011? I want to say, yeah, I think it was 11 or, or, or even 2010. One of those, yeah, right after uh, right after it changed to, to 2010, 2011, right in that time period. Yeah, I mean, if you told me that, you know, the Packers – if you told me back after they after he won that ring, like they were only going to have one Super Bowl 10 years later, I would have said you were crazy. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's been plenty of times where I'm 
not going to say he's had the best. I mean, when they had like Clay Matthews and all those guys, that defense was a problem. But um, I'm, I'm not going to give him the excuse or the free pass like he hasn't had a defense. I mean, I remember when he went out to, uh, I think, what was it, San Fran last season and in yeah. the playoffs and just got the doors busted open on him. I mean, like, he looked like – he looked terrible. I mean, so – to say, like, you know, he, he's Mr. Clutch or, you know, maybe he has the most talent of all time, but at the end of the day, like, if you're going to if you're gonna offer me, like, a Tom Brady where that guy has six rings, whether it be a Belichick or not, but at the end of the day, like, you know, that guy has six rings to Rodgers one, I'll take the less talent and more winning any day of the week. Like, I for, for yeah. I think Roger, I think Rodgers has heard that so much in his career. Like, you have the most talent, you, you have the most uh, ability that it's gotten to his head, but at the end of the day, I mean, one ring is one ring to me. Um, you know, you can say what you want about his personal accolades, but that doesn't do much as far as, you know, putting hardware away in the, in the trophy case. No, I, I'm not sure how we, we got to, to this uh, point <laughs> as a podcast, but I love it and I completely agree. Uh, yeah, I think um, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, an asshole and uh, – <laughs> That's that's all I really. I mean, I, I can't say he's overrated because he does this, have a Super Bowl. He has multiple MVPs. Uh, he he's had. I mean, to me, like he is he is the MVP this season. Uh, you know, a lot of people are saying Mahomes. Uh, some people are saying Derrick Henry. Um, you know, there's some other names being thrown out thrown out there as well. But I think with just the weapons he has and like the record and the schedule they've they've you know had to play, I think you have to give him the MVP at this point. You, know, you can make an argument for Russ early in the season. I think he's tailed off a little bit. You could have made an argument for Josh Allen earlier in the season. I think he's tailed off as well. But, um, yeah, it pains me to say that. He, he's a talented guy. Um, but, again, one ring and all that talent. And in, a, in, a, in an organization like that that has, you know, been able to churn out winners after winners and has been a successful organization going back 50-plus years to the, the start of the NFL and the implementation of, of the Super Bowl. So. Yeah, I get that Green Bay isn't like the best place to live and he'd rather be like in San Francisco or in LA and, and shit like that, but he just comes off as ungrateful and, and honestly a dick. So that's all I have to say, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I I really I hope and pray that one day we, we get to the level where we're having like professional athletes on here. <laughs> and somehow like we He's our first guest. We, we get to, yeah, either him or Derek somebody we've absolutely No, Derek Carr needs to be our first guest. Yeah, he yeah. He could be at he could be at the NFL for like fifteen years by the time we get famous, but like he has to be our first guest. <laughs> you know, I just I, I very much look forward to that day and I, I don't know if I'll be able to stop laughing just because we we do not hold back on, on our opinions on how I would I would just play him the audio of our first show. <laughs> I I don't know if he'd sit there and say, you know, I have far more money than either you smucks will ever have, or if you would just say, you know, that's funny, I'm, I'm one of the best ever. I, I don't know. I just love to, I'd love to see the look on his face. Maybe he wouldn't even respond to it. I don't know. But anytime he would come back at us, I would just play the Stephen A. Smith bona fide scrub clip until he shut up. <laughs> I don't know. We're, we're trying to trying to shit on more people in the, in the near future on this podcast. I think we need to, and uh, there's a lot of people that are deserving of, of that. So I think I think it's what the people want. I think it keeps it fresh, keeps it entertaining. You know, <laughs> you got to just like Barstool doing the pizza reviews. Like I think we'll just we'll somehow incorporate something like that. 
Yes. Yeah. From now on, one one athlete will get shit on each podcast. (laughs) That's more than okay. And it's probably going to be an NFL quarterback. (laughs) You know, whoever I can I can put down to feel better about myself. No, that's that's truly a joke. But (laughs) no, it's all good fun. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Uh, The only other thing I was going to say is. uh, Quite, quite a game last night with the with the Ravens Browns. Um, yeah, kind of a, a circus fiasco, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you see Lamar Jackson like almost shit himself? I uh, so I, I saw the highlights. I didn't get to see. I didn't watch that game live. I'm kind of pissed that I didn't. But yeah, the, he I I, I uh, this is like the fourth quarter. They were down. I think he went off the locker room. Your boy McSorley came in and then got hurt. But like. When he was coming down the tunnel, like he said, they said in the broadcast, and he said afterward he had cramps. Like he legitimately said the words, "I didn't pull a Paul Pierce." And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Paul Paul Pierce like famously shit himself uh, in a game. I think like ten years ago, twelve years ago, maybe. And it's funny because Paul Pierce, like, gonna be a Hall of Famer, NBA champion, NBA champion, like ten time All Star. One of the best players of all time, objectively, and the only thing people remember him for, and the only thing I remember him for, is is that he shit himself during an NBA game. Uh, so I think Lamar Jackson, by saying that, was trying to avoid that whole narrative. Nonetheless, he came back out after relieving himself of either a cramps or b um, shit, and he came out and won won the game for them. Uh, it was back and forth. I think there were like four or five touchdowns scored in the fourth quarter alone. Uh, Baker you know, played okay, I think. I think their run game um, honestly carried them most of the night. I I mean, say what you want about the Browns. Their coach is a phenomenal play caller. Um, I don't think Baker is, like, the most athletic or the best throw of the football, but time and time again, uh, their receivers are put in the correct position. Their blockers are blocking who they need to block for him to be successful. Um, They get him out of the pocket. They get him on the run where he's better instead of just staying in the pocket. And they utilize the middle of the field well. So I think Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, has done a phenomenal job with him. Um, it's, you know, it, this goes back to me sh- shitting on Adam Gase and how Adam Gase should be. But, again, I do think that Baker is, is, is successful because of the situation uh, he has put in. I would have loved to see the Browns win this game just because it would have would have – provide a little bit of chaos. And like Aaron said earlier, I myself am a little bit tired of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, but other way it was an entertaining game in an otherwise like unentertaining year for Monday Night Football in general. Yeah. Um, you know, one of those games where, you know, the defense didn't really have a, a big impact. I mean, a lot of points being scored both sides. Um, you know, honestly, I maybe this makes me a shitty sports fan, but I totally forgot about Paul Pierce shitting himself. The, the one huh. thing I did, I remembered Paul Pierce coming back after, um, I think he got, I don't know if he injured his leg, I can't remember, but it, it was like watching a soap opera, how dramatic it was. Like he came out of the, like the tunnel and he, it was almost like he was on Broadway or something, how dramatic he made it. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he was injured, but I can't remember what year, what playoff game that was. But um, Paul Pierce, just the, the center of drama. And, and honestly, like I thought Paul, another guy I'm kind of going to shit on a little bit. I just think he, he was kind of a, a drama-filled queen at, at times. I think he, he loved the, the like just him being the spotlight, him being like, you know, all the adversity is on me. All the, you know, 
there's a huge chip on my shoulder. Like, I have no problem with that, you know, from time to time or, you know, in, in the right scenario. But I felt like he purposely, like, hyped, hyped the moment up, like, in that respect. Like, he, he made it more than what, what it had to be. But regardless of that, you know, a funny reference, um, you know, had to, had to remind myself of, of that incident because it was so long ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, kudos to Lamar Jackson and the fact that he had to he had to kind of throw himself um, into into winning that game. Like it wasn't really with his legs to to win the game. Um, but yeah, shout out to my boy McSorley. I feel bad for you. Um, that's fucked up that you got injured and, and you don't get enough playing time as it is. Um, you know, maybe you won't be an NFL star, but you always got my my respect. Huh. At least. Yeah, got got a shout out the Penn State boys. Um, yeah, no, entertaining game. Uh, the Browns um, would have, you know, gotten ten if they would have won that game. They would have gotten ten wins for the first time in like twenty years. I think the stat was, which is like nuts. Um, so good for Browns fans, I guess, for finally having a competent football team. Um, kind of gives me hope for the future of the Jets for sure. Uh, I guess congrats to Lamar Jackson for not shitting yourself and for coming back to, to win. Um, yeah, it was a good slate of football. Uh, looking ahead to this week, though, we do have um, – talk, talk a little college football here. We do have a couple of college um, conference championships. We have Clemson, uh, Notre Dame on Saturday, which will be a very good game. We have Alabama, Florida, I believe, which will be a very good game. We have Oklahoma, Iowa State, which will be another solid one. So uh, and then we also have, I think, two or three NFL games on Saturday which you don't see too often, then obviously a good slate on Sunday again. So massive football weekend for us. Again, of course, we'll bring that to you um, next week, as we always try to do before the holidays there. I think we'll be able to squeeze in a good show and, and kind of lead in um, to, to, to holiday week, um, as we said. And then, you know, the NBA starts, I think, in a week, and then the NHL is starting uh, mid-January. So finally, um, you know, we'll kind of get back to the roots of, you know, the early days of the podcast where we kind of mix in um, some different sports here and there and talk about kind of the four major sports with baseball probably starting in February, March, whenever they get going. So it'll be good, but uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to this weekend's slate of games. But Aaron, why don't you take us home? Yeah, yeah, not, not a topic we touched on too, too much, college football. Um, I know for, for Dan and I personally, pretty pretty disappointing years for, for our team's respect. The only big threat in the Big Ten is Boston, and I can't stand them, so I try not to think about them. So, um, yeah, other than that, you know, Alabama always doing their thing. I'm getting sick of that team as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, I hope Clemson, uh, you know, Notre Dame is one of those, one of those teams I, I have rooted for that program before, so I guess I'll pull for, for Notre Dame there. You know, they've been very good the last couple of seasons. I mean, I can't say they won a national championship, but... Um, you know, undefeated so far this year, number two in the country. So it wouldn't be, wouldn't be a bad thing seeing them. You know, I would say probably would, would be an upset, uh, even though I know they're ranked two. Clemson's ranked number three, but um, Clemson, you know, is an absolute powerhouse. So I uh, wouldn't mind seeing them win, but not to go off on a tangent on college. So, uh, you know, just take us home and, uh, you know, hope for uh, another win. And for the Philadelphia Eagles going against Kyler Murray and the up and down Cardinals this week. Take us home.